Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. Good morning again, guys. Well, like the sign says, it is back to church Sunday. And hopefully, oh, let's see. Oh, is the PowerPoint going to give you us? There it is. But there's the sign, Back to Church Sunday. Uh, if you're not familiar with Back to Church Sunday, um, it is a national event that's been going on for some time that we've plugged into now for well over a decade. Um, we don't do a lot of, honestly, like national programming event type stuff, but we do lean into this one simply because it matches the heart of us as a church. The Shepherd's Fellowship's been around now for, uh, we're getting ready to celebrate our 20th anniversary. And... Uh, <laughs> I just wish if we pre-planned it, just one of those little things where you just have a little popper. There's a little, little pop and then we just keep going on. But, uh, but it was born out of a Christian bookstore and a lot of the people that were involved at the beginning were people that would not go to a church, but they would go to the Christian bookstore. They've been hoped by church before, hoped by Christians before, and that's always been a big part of our heart. Uh, I've been there, a lot of other people have been there, so to have something like Back to Church Sunday, uh, is basically how we look at every Sunday, but it gives us an annual renewal, per se, maybe an annual uh, bump or momentum to it. And uh, so we're, we're glad you're here today. You might have seen some of these around about a month ago, because in all honesty, Back to Church Sunday is at the end of September, nationally. Uh, we don't do it then. Uh, we found that just within our particular culture and our community, uh, this is a better time uh, for it, so that's what we do. Uh, you also find that, hello, is it Everett? Yes, it is. Sarita's so, so in the back trying to talk Everett through how to watch it online still. Uh, <laughs> she only smiles because she knows it's true. Uh, but the, uh, when you do something like this, and like I said, we don't do a lot of these, you get like a, a package, and it has uh, like videos and graphics and sermon scripts. Honestly, there's such thing as sermon scripts uh, and all kinds of other things. We generally use a couple of graphics and the video that you just watched, and that's about it. Uh, but I will say, in looking at this year's Back to Church, I did like their theme, and their theme is about being rooted. And what are we rooted in, and what, what difference does it make on what we're rooted in in our lives? And um, so I stole four bullet points from it and that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you would, let's go ahead and get into our Bibles as we look into it a little bit deeper from a different perspective than maybe what uh, was in the sheets. But we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, if you do not have a Bible with you, not a problem. There are Bibles in the room underneath the baskets, underneath the baskets, in the baskets, underneath the chairs around you uh, that you can keep borrowed still. And then a lot of people, you'll see them using their tablets or their phones uh, usually that means that they're on version, which is a national free app that you can download on your, on your tablet. And um, you just do a search for local live events. You'll see a TSF in today's date. And that will give you all the scriptures, place to take notes, submit prayer requests, the whole nine yards. If they are not on version, uh, kindly smack their phone out of their hand because they're probably playing Tetris or something like that. Is Tetris still a thing? Do they still play Tetris? Is it? Okay. I mean, my... Boy, that, that's the most vocal I've heard this church <laughs> ever. 
Not an amen, not an hallelujah, but throw out, please, your favorite games on your phone all at the same time. <laughs> well, I'm, now I, will, I will admit, there's two pastors our church. I'm the lead pastor, and then Mike's our worship pastor. And Mike is a lot more cutting edge when it comes to games that the kids play. But, aren't you? Isn't he? What's, what are you playing right now? Never mind. I'll listen when you were singing. <laughs> Close enough. Okay. I don't know that one either. Chapter 13, verse 1. Uh, and so this, this is a parable, um, which is a story that means something different. And uh, Jesus spoke a lot in parables. I think this is a little bit more of a well-known parable, if you, if you followed long parables before. But uh, we'll explore it uh, today and see what we come up with. So, uh, so Jesus went out of the house, and he sat down beside the sea. And great crowds gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. In other words, he's being crushed off of the shoreline, so he gets into the boat. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. Verse 3, he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky grounds where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. But since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched and, and they died. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and they choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let he who has ears, let him hear. So he has this incredible audience, this incredible opportunity, and he, he busts into a story that doesn't quite fully make sense. It makes a little bit more sense culturally to them because they sow, because they understand the farming metaphor that they use here. But why Jesus, the religious teacher, is busting it out is a little confusing. So much so that as you, you continue reading through, you're going to see the apostles like, or the disciples saying, Jesus, why do you keep doing this? Why do you teach these, these examples or these parables? Because not everybody's getting it. And that was kind of, kind of the point. And it was confusing enough that when you look at I, I won't go uh, read a poor blank, but please check this out later today. Uh, you get out of verse 18, he actually explains the parable. That what he's talking about is that when we go out and we're spreading the gospel the way we should, if you're a, a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, that there's going to be different kinds of responses uh, that come from it. Some are going to fall on the soil and be eaten up by the birds. In other words, the things of the world are just going to take it away and they won't, it won't even take root. That person can't come to Jesus because there's so many walls there that we have to walk through with people in love and in truth to be even get, get to that point. So that's kind of the, the aspect of the, of the birds. But when we continue on, we're talking about the uh, not being rooted very far. He's talking about people, and maybe you've even been in this boat, or you know somebody that's in this boat where you, you find about the love of Jesus, you accept Jesus' love and his forgiveness. You accept him as a leader in your life. And you're real excited about it for like a month. And then the rest of the world comes in. And it's not really deep rooted. You really don't, you haven't really started looking at the promises of God yet or how his ways are different than the world. So you're kind of still doing the world thing. And it just kind of falls away. You know what I mean? That's what he's talking about. There's no soil there. Uh, that, that, that's what, what happens to a lot of folks. Um, we've got the, um, the standpoint. Oh, let me let me get this. But we've got the, the thorns as well, that the, uh, the, the thorns are part of the, the issue, and a lot of times that's where um, 
we want to follow Jesus, we want the forgiveness, but we really don't want to give up things in our life that are not of him, that keeps leading us back to bondage. And so they start choking that joy out because of this struggle or we don't change anything to follow the Lord. So we don't get new freedom. So we think that, well, I guess God doesn't know what he's talking about because I didn't get that new freedom like the pastor guy was talking about. And so the throne's like choke it out. And so they, and they end up dying. He, he's talking about us individually in our spiritual lives, about how, what we're planted in and what we're moving in. Uh, what I want to do today is do the exact thing, same thing from a corporate standpoint, that depending on what we're rooted in is going to impact how we are as Christians, but also how we are as the church. So um, with that in mind, if, if Jesus is done, I have a copyright on this particular little metaphor. Uh, we're going to play with it a little bit. You guys good? Okay. I'm used to you being back here. kind of weirded me out that... Because I know Monica's just knitting. She's not going to go so good on the side. Okay, so the other day, Emily and I are out buying flowers. Uh, we bought a flower for a colleague of hers. We bought flowers for Mom. And I want to say it was my idea, but it was not. <laughs> but she got the flowers anyways. But I did like these. This one's, this one's kind of hurting a little bit. We're going to just bust him off. Is that what you do when they're unhealthy? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the rest of it looks healthy to me. That's what, oh, here, here. Here you go, Miss Cindy. Since you played along with the 20th anniversary oh, thing. He'll be dead in a day. Um, <laughs> okay, so obviously, beautiful, healthy. I don't know. How, okay, I'm going to use Amanda Howe a few times. If you had this in your house, because you take care of things, everything but Glenn, how long would this live? In the house? Yeah. Uh, okay, let me, let me, in the window. Okay, how, what's a while, guesstimation? Okay, that's why I want to know, because at our house it's like two weeks max. We, we have never, we have committed to many flowers uh, in our lives, and we neither, and I'm not, Teasing Jenny, she was here. Jenny's speaking for a spiral down the street. That's uh, why she's not here. But we would kill this thing in a, in a heartbeat. But if you take it, you just kind of, what? Hold on. I want to get the roots. Okay, that's enough. Maybe I got a knife. So this will work. Okay, but if you do this, it might not last as long. Amanda? How long do you think it's going to live in now? Uh, um, the end of the day. End of the day? <laughs> You're giving it more hope than I have. Okay. So, let's play along with the, the parallel. If we're unrooted, how long are we going to last for us with the others, right? This is not going to be the same as these guys. These guys seem okay. I think they thought these guys were annoying anyways. But let's pretend the roots actually came off because the roots did not. This, dead, this flower is going to be dead. But for our metaphor, it's not. If you replanted it, would it be okay? If it still had its roots? With some extra loving care. Okay, so if we get. Are these from your house? No, no, no. Some things are from my house, and you'll be able to tell what they are real quick. Okay, so potted soil, not even just do it out of my backyard, just to let you know. Potted soil, that's a good thing. So these, I think we can all agree, are going to be dead. 
So we're going to start from scratch. So you take some seeds, right? Because that's what the sower does. It's going to hit on different people, different things. I always have to do it slow. Kathy, you look like you were sad that she got flour and you didn't. There's a flower. Did you get one? I got one. Good. Shell, did you get one? You sure? Okay. Do what? Close your coffee. Oh, close your coffee. See, if you're not a coffee drinker, you have to worry about that. Okay, so seeds, good soil, everything's good, right? Okay. Now, for the sake of example, and in memory of John Hammond from Jurassic Park, in the production of this sermon illustration, we have spared no expense. Is that what? Hey, hey, Bible scholar, was there a cat in the metaphor? No. Okay. We have our VBS puppet. Me and this board don't have the best history with each other. Uh, the board actually, actually had quite an attitude towards the pastor doing VBS, but nonetheless. Okay, so he comes along and he starts the soil, right? Get the seed, board. Oh my gosh, I'm really dirtying this up before it goes back. Don't tell Jessica. That's really, that's a messy, nasty board. Okay, so, now he comes and he does what? Eats the seeds. Okay. I'm going to compare this for whatever it's worth. This is me talking, not him. Okay. Um, when it comes to churches, to churches that have 100% truth but not 100% love. Okay. Now, if you've been around for a while, you know that phrase really well. If you haven't, let me explain it. We're very big believers that the Bible teaches and that the Bible shows and commands of us as the church to hold on to 100% love and 100% truth. To hold on to the scripture in a loving way to love people with the truth instead of watering it down. It's got to be 100-100, not 50-50, not 70-30, whatever the case may be. It's a messier way to live. It's harder to live that way, but it's a tension that makes us better than we are in and of ourselves, if that makes sense. Uh, for instance, uh, and I'll throw out uh, a more controversial type uh, end of things, but uh, when it comes to LGBTQ uh, issues, we had a young lady that came uh, a while back, and she... We were talking, and she said, I'm looking for a new church. I want you to know I'm a lesbian, but I'm looking for a church that will welcome me and love me. And I said, to be honest, you're asking me two different questions. Because we absolutely welcome you. We absolutely love you. Absolutely. But we are a conservative church in our beliefs. And when I look at the scripture, even though I've looked at it from a billion different ways, and I've admitted to you guys before, I wish the Bible said same gender sex is okay but it doesn't, and I don't want to do a bait and switch on you. So you have to know that that's our belief, but we're not going to trash you or treat you like a lesser person in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, in our church and in our realm of influence, we do have lesbian people. We do have bisexual people. We do have gay people. We do have trans people within our community that we have a difference of an opinion, whether it be that they have a different way of looking at the Scripture, or maybe they don't even want to look at the Scripture on it, 
but we're going to love each other and continue to encourage each other and spur each other on to its holiness. So people within that community, however you want to look at it, uh, love me anyways. I love them anyways. They pray for me that God corrects me one of these days. I pray for them that God takes and helps them and corrects them someday. And then we go get coffee. We're not going to wander down the truth, but we're absolutely going to love people, meet them where they're at, and continue to spur people on. Why? Not just because it's a biblical thing, but because what I, I ask you to do the same thing for me. Because I'm not perfect and I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? So, so a church that is 100% truth struggles with that. A church that's 100% truth tends to take the word of God, forget about the love of Christ, and beat the living crap out of the people with the Bible. And from examples of, I mean, like we can look at the extremes, absolutely, from the, uh, you know, was that Westboro Church that takes and pickets the little kids' funerals on, on things that say horrible things that don't match up to the scripture. Uh, you know, actually, if you Google, I, I, I did this, this has been a couple months ago. I Googled bad church, and that, that was the first thing that came up with Westboro West Church. Um, if you're my age, you'll remember back in the day where uh, people took maybe biblical principles on the quality of life and the, 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 the need for life, and they turned it into bombing abortion clinics. I mean, the, the, that, that's what happens when we get to the extreme on the 100% truth, but it happens everywhere uh, in, in, in churches that, that think this way, and they would just nitpick you, nitpick you, nitpick you, looking for fights, looking for arguments, and they could care less how your day was yesterday. That's a 100% truth church. So when we have people are plugging into the 100% truth church, their boards aren't so cute as this, but I'm guessing this gets annoying after a while. Tell me when. I'm very tolerant. <laughs> I'm 100% <laughs> Chuck doesn't play my reindeer games. How many people have been in a church like that, though, before? Or known people like that, right? So, so we're not making stuff up. So, so to me, that, that's the, the church equivalent of what he's talking about from the world in this standpoint. But this didn't work out too well. So we'll try something else. I uh, make it Amanda. Follow me with cameras. Yeah, Amanda's back on the OBS. I really wish at this point, for two reasons, I invested in those really colorful rocks that they have, like at Lowe's and stuff. Or maybe talk to Michael about getting really cute rocks from some fish place. They have nice rocks, don't they? Whatever, Michael, don't play my reindeer game. Um, for two reasons. One is because this doesn't look very attractive, and I think when we compare it to it's never ending. Um, when we compare it to the, the church, I think the rocks are much more attractive than this. Uh, I got these out of our parking lot here at the church today during the rainstorm, so that was great. Uh, but so if we, Amanda, I need your opinion again. How's he doing? <laughs> He's going to stand up. Huh? Get in the rock! Okay, hey, but if you turn it this way, it looks good. 
Okay. But the rocks are not complete yet. Because according to the scripture, oh, I'm sorry. You're welcome. Okay. So, but there's supposed to be soil in the rocks. Okay. So, put that in. Now, better? Sorry, can you see? Can you see? Okay. So, put a little dirt in it. Now, um, which is kind of what we do sometimes, right? Where we don't necessarily have a good foundation, and so we just got done posting by getting trashed with our friends last night on Facebook, and then right after that we put a Bible voice to balance it all out. We just put a little soil in there. We get that all good to go. And so everything's better. And now he'll survive no problem at all, right? The problem is, is he'll get a little bit of root, according to the scripture, in this environment. But when the problems come, he's going to get scorched and he's going to die. Right? Everybody's on the same page. This I compare to the 100% Love Church. It looks pretty. It looks nice. It has glittery. And you get involved. And there's a little bit of scripture but not much because we don't want to offend anybody. Matter of fact, a lot of the messages end up becoming more, uh, oh, what do you want to call it, positive thinking? I'm okay, you're okay. This is how you can get lots of money because God will bless you. This is uh, how God's going to make your kids leaders because your kids are leaders and everybody else are the losers. This this is the type of stuff that we start seeing. We start seeing VBS replaced with Bible stories and, and testimonies and replaced with, Little, little kid leadership stuff. Uh, and what happens is it looks great, but then when things get tough, there's really no truth, there's no theology, there's no Bible, there's no teaching, there's no truth, uh, scripture that is there to combat what the world has to have, and sooner or later it falls short. I know people, poor blank, that tell them, will tell me that they go to a church, big church, and the reason that they go to this church is one, it's fun. Okay, I maybe through some seeds, but that's not the point. <laughs> and two, because they get a high five every Sunday. That's why they're plugged into that church. They're not challenged to serve. They're not taught who they are made as, as themselves in Christ. Who are you? What has he created you to be? How to thrive in that? And so when things start coming up, a lot of times we see people walk away from the church and been hurt by the church because while it was fun for a while, when life gets hard, when the honeymoon is over, things start to struggle. Anybody else seen that? Okay. I'm going to spend my hands. I am holding out. No, I'm not going to hold out hope. I got a better solution for this guy. Okay. Hey, by the way, we're starting a new service team on cleanup. If anybody wants to be part of that, just let me know. (laughs) By the way, have you figured out yet which planner actually came from my house? There we go. So I'm done. Yeah, excuse That holds him up real nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are actually from my front yard. I haven't exactly stayed on top of the yard. This, that's a lie. Some of them came from the side. Um, so the thorns, and we talked about that again. So it's coming up. There's some soil underneath it, but the things of this life that choke us out. Uh, in church world, I uh, think that this is the one most like the church I grew up in. 
that it's not even really even a concept growing up on what was love and what was truth. We just, we didn't think that way. It was, this is the way it's always been. It was tradition trumping the Holy Spirit. Everything went through committees. If you had any decision to be made in the church, no matter what it was, it's going to take at least three months because it's got to go through this committee, then they pass to that committee, and then it's back to that committee. And then if it's something along the lines, probably if you're most passionate about it, probably needs to be passed by the entire church, which we have two business meetings a year. So if you come up with the idea in February that something God put on your heart, that's great. We can talk about it in June and vote on that. Uh, it's a lot of click. It's a lot of who's in and who's out. Our family was on the out. Um, the literally to the point I've shared this with you before, but I remember like, I mean, I grew, grew up in the church and being like a so sophomore, and there's only three of us boys in the youth group. And I remember like a Christmas play where they're like handing out the parts and like, oh yeah, we forgot about Tommy. What would we want Tommy to do? Tommy would be at the rock. Uh, but but it's just it has a lot of those type of struggles within it that if you had money, then you had a position. If you had been part of the, fam the family that founded the church, you had a position. And then you're dealing with either a controlling segment of the church or you're dealing with a controlling pastor of the church. I remember sitting under one pastor who uh, there was two older people in the church that were starting to enjoy each other's company. They, they weren't, it was a man and a woman. They weren't looking to get married. They were just having some companionship with each other. But she had been divorced in her younger days. And there's no way in heaven or hell that these two people are going to date my church. I will stop it. That was the mentality that was there. Those are the type of things that come in, and you get somebody that comes in, and they, sit, they see the promises that God gives us about being part of Christian community, and then this junk happens, and it just chokes them to death. Anybody else know that one, too? Okay. So, um, my next thing was going to be the good soil. And we plug into the good soil. Board of Tech. Um, which is doing it the way that, that we're supposed to. And that's what I want to spend most of our time with. And I was going to have Amanda come up and replant this bad boy. I'm, he's staying in there. These are those weeds that, you know, the little black things that come off and won't come off your clothes? Come, hug the plant. Um, that's exactly what that is. But that, he's gone. He's not, it's not going to happen. But what I want to talk to you about is the good soil, the soil that will continue to... Here we go, ma'am. Miss Amanda, will you survive the rest of these? Is that not a phrase? Just so you know, uh, I don't ever keep plants in my house because I don't have the time or patience. Does somebody have time so and patience and she obviously is blowing off? They do back here in the back, I'll guess. It's, it's a... It's, <laughs> welcome to our church, here's a half-dead plant. So the whole example of all this, by the way, this is what? Did you hear that? No. All I heard is you'll, you, you'll come back next Sunday. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Shepherd's Fellowship, where the pastor killed the plant, and our first-time guest had to save it. Okay. So the question becomes, I mean, so, so now I can start, start stating the obvious. Uh, if, you, if you root into the right things, there's going to be health, there's going to be life, there's going to be beauty. If you don't, then, you know, your buffet of dead flowers are around the room. 
But the question really becomes, how do I do it? Like, how do I root myself in a place that as the scripture says that I can have purpose, the scripture says I can have freedom, that I can have Christian community around me, that I can take and hold on to his promises? How do I actually do that? And it's not just something we make a conscious decision to make it happen. It's something we do make a conscious decision to root ourselves in ways so it naturally happens. So with that, I do have a couple uh, for our note takers. We have note takers around the room that like to have things in a bullet point type of form. So I want to just talk to you about some of the different ways the Bible says that we can be rooted or that we can be planted to be able to have the actual life instead of what some of us have had handed to us in the past. Uh, so at least this help put the first one up, and it's not much a rooted, but being planted. The way that we get into the good soil is that we choose to be planted by receiving it. Uh, the scripture I have here for you is Romans 10, 9 through 10, which is a very popular voice for us. It's a weekly voice for us here at the fellowship, that if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, if you believe in your heart, he died and rose again for you. In other words, you're God, I'm not. And I don't deserve it, but I accept the forgiveness, and I'm going to follow you. You're going to become the king of my life. Then you are saved. That, that, that is how that transition, that's how I put myself in the correct planter as the starting point. If you have not done that, everything that we have talked about so far is a preview of what the life is that you can have if you accept Jesus as leading and forgiving your life. If you have not, it's something that you can do in this moment by ignoring me for a few minutes and just having to talk with Jesus. That I need you and I'm giving you this. But just don't do it casually because it is very easy because of what he's done for us by dying on the cross and raising again. But it is surrendering your life. And the life that you're surrendering in all actuality is the fake life for the full life. So it's a heck of a trade. But it is a decision you're making to surrender and to replant in a place that is his ways because he wants what's better for you than what you want. Okay? So that's the first step is you have to be planted by receiving. Everything else is a preview. Uh, the second one I've, I wrote down and got a scripture with is that we get rooted by sharing. By sharing Christ. This is 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we who have accepted Jesus in our lives are ambassadors for Christ. God makes his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If I accept this life, and it is beautiful, and it is big orange flowers that are going home to be fixed, um, then it would be unbelievably selfish of me to keep it to myself and say, oh, this freedom's for me and it's not for anybody else. A natural tendency for one who's actually had a, a connection with God and is having a relationship with God is to share it and to be able to share it with others. If, if it's just something that's on the back burner for Sunday mornings, uh, it's no wonder that Wednesdays suck so hard. But if it's something that's a relationship, it's something that springs out of us. Uh, the third one I wrote down, for what it's worth, is we need to be rooted in faith. We need to be rooted in faith. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day dwelling near. Here's a peek into it that Christ calls us into community. Uh, when we look at church, it's something we do on Sunday mornings, and there's some kind of system or some kind of policies or some kind of traditions. We're missing the point altogether. We are to be together, worshiping together, praying together, fellowshipping together, doing life together for, for reasons that some people have walked away, away from that. Uh, they 
like Jesus, but they, for some reason, they, for good reasons, don't like his bride. But instead of working on it and getting it to the doctor, we give up. But uh, we are to be rooted in faith. And we've been talking about um, the enabling gifts of God the last four weeks, and one of them is faith. That when we walk with faith, which means we're certain of the things unseen, we're certain of the things that are hopeful. When God's got a promise, if I'm having a horrible day and my finances are falling apart, and I read that God's got me, and he, he's not going to let me fall, and he is my provider, that it's one thing to believe that and still stress out. It's another to have faith in that and be able to move forward. And so if we're rooted in faith, it's going to completely change the way that life hits us because we know who holds it instead of trying to control it ourselves. The next one we'll put down, <clears throat> down here as well is rooted in prayer and study. I one scripture there about, uh, about the, the, the word of God being a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, even though many of us have uh, you know, dead batteries on our flashlights because we're not getting into the word. Uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Um, Talking to God is an awesome blessing gift that we have. Um, hearing back from God through his word, awesome blessing gift that we have. I, I sat down, I, I don't know, I spent Tuesday. And again, I'm, I'm not always the best of reading the scripture just to read the scripture. I study a lot, but just to read the scripture. And <clears throat> I'm not, I don't encourage people to use the message Bible as their study Bible. But I do like it for, ca for casual reading. And so I was going, to, I think it was the B-dubs or something by myself, because no one loves me. And uh, they, and I picked up, I've got like a, a message Bible like this big and whatnot, and uh, picked it up and just said, imagine that. So I'm just going to sit here and just read a couple chapters. I uh, read, read some Proverbs and some songs, and it just knocked me over. Just knocked me over. It was, like, it, it was like the fuel that I needed in that moment. It's one of the ways God speaks to us. And when we're listening to God and talking to God, good things happen. So being rooted in prayer and study is good. Uh, and then I think there's at least, what, one more? Yes. Tom's hot button. Rooted in community. Rooted in community. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Just right there, okay? 100% love, 100% truth. Love be genuine, abhor what is evil. What do we know is evil? Because we have the truth. We hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Or sisterly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality to one another. We are made for community. I was thinking the other day, uh, is the electric slide still a thing? Is it? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, it seems like there's a newer one that took its place. I'm going to go to... What is it? Yeah, cha-cha slide. That's what, like when I go to show competitions, that song comes on and like 17 different schools flow to the, the gym floor and dance together like, like goofballs. Okay? It's the same mentality as behind the electric slide. Here's the reasons we do that, just to let you know. One, it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Secondly, we're all doing the same thing together. There's something about having that unity together. It's a safe place to screw up because when you mess up and you step on somebody else's foot, it's funny. It's not annoying. You have a safe place to screw up. 
Anybody want to guess why that stuff's popular to us? It's because we're created for it. We're created to be part of a body. We're created to be active. We're created to be in unity. We're created to enjoy life. We're created to have times when we screw up and everybody looks at you and goes, see, I always told you you were screw up. It's like, hey, good thing getting on the dance floor. Good job. Let's, get, let's keep going. And then you step on their foot and you keep on going. That's what we're made for. That's why those things come into play, is community. And the problem is, too many of these pots had nothing to do with community. It had to do with tradition and the way we see church. Still with me? Go and switch over to Acts chapter 2. This is another very familiar voice to the fellowshippers. And it's one of the three main scriptures that we founded the church on, uh, one being the Romans and then also this section. But in Acts chapter 2, it gives us a summary of what the church looked like when the church first started. The church, as we know it, the church age, started when Jesus ascended into heaven. And so right after Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit comes and resides within us in this new way, and the church is unleashed, 3,000 people come to the Lord that first day, this is what church looked like. 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So right off the bat, you've got teaching, the word, the truth, and fellowship, the love. It's over and over and over and over again. Both of to the to truth, and they devoted themselves to love, to breaking the bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all these things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as anyone had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. If you could take a moment and try to visualize that, I don't know of anybody, Christian or not, that doesn't think that's pretty awesome. That that, that, that is something that we desire. That is something that is To be in a community... Well, if anybody has a need and I've got excess, I'm all over it. It's, it's awesome. I'm not so worried about my retirement plan. I'm worried about you in this moment. To be able to be that devoted and that fellowship and that love and that truth is beautiful. And that's what the church is supposed to be going for. It's a high bar that we don't always achieve, but it's a capacity that the Holy Spirit takes and continues to grow us in. And it looks nothing like the other parts looks nothing like the other pots. And it's hard to find sometimes. It's like finding a good counselor. You might have to try three, four, five different ones before you find somebody who's not an idiot or annoying on your same page. But a, a group that's searching for love and truth with this being the goal can be hard, and I get that. I'll tell you a little bit about my story if, you've, if you don't know me real well. Uh, again, I grew up in church. I grew up in a little American Baptist church out in Johnstown, Ohio. It was called Harmony Baptist Church, uh, which was the highest of all irony names because there was never harmony. Like I said, it was the thorns. Uh, constant struggle, constantly people leaving, pe new people coming in, uh, church hurt abound. But my mom, um, who, who was my spiritual me mentor and who led me to the Lord, uh, was done with that, and my junior year we left. And... Um, so when I started going to church basically for myself, uh, there was a little non-denominational church in Westerville. Uh, I say little, maybe about 150, 200 people. And the pastor there was a gentleman by the name of Bobby Can, 
which many of you have met because he is one of my mentors and he comes to the church and he has spoken here before and he continues to be a mentor after all these years. Uh, but Bob was young in ministry. And when I was there, that was the time in my life where I had learned how to be a hypocrite and how to change my thinking so that I justified being a hypocrite. So I was taking people to church. I was going to church and worshiping. Uh, I was witnessing. I was up for the youth pastor position when I was arrested for stealing money at the pizza place that I worked at and um, ended up being prosecuted for that. Um, completely my fault. Completely on me. Not everything that happens that's uncomfortable is God's fault or the church's fault. That was my decisions that I made. And in all honesty, the only thing I wish was different was that my church came alongside me and said, man, you really screwed up, but let's see where we go from here. And they didn't know how to do that at the time. So um, at that point, I pulled away from church altogether, and uh, Bob and I found ourselves back later. Uh, so I spent most of my 20s becoming one of these people that uh, decided I could be a Christian, but I don't have to go to church. Um, and I know a lot of us have been there at different times and know people that are there, or maybe you're there now. Um, and I wish that at some point when I was about 27, I could say I got into the Bible and I saw Acts 2, 42, and I saw how Jesus lived in community, and I saw the teachings about how we're supposed to be in community and what that community looks like. And so the Holy Spirit got me, and I repented, and I went to church and found the church right off the bat. Uh, that's not the reason whatsoever. My son was about seven years old, eight years old at the time. And I realized, holy crap, I don't have my son in church. My mom always had us in church. And my, my dad at that time, my dad is, is with the Lord. My dad and I have great conversations. He's watching right now, so I can't say anything else. But uh, I was kidding, Dad. But... Um, when I was growing up, my dad didn't want anything to do with church. And I remember being a kid wishing my dad would come to church and that they had the whole family there. And Father's Day was uncomfortable. And I would always adopt some grandpa-type figure that didn't have his grandchildren there or something of that nature. And then it hit me. I, I wished that for my life, and now I don't even have my son in church. So I started going back to church, went to a goofy one, went to another goofy one, went to another goofy one. Uh, finally found a spot... Uh, up here in Prospect that was in the church tradition of what I was raised with, the Thorns. And I was the associate pastor there for a while, um, and we dealt with the Thorns. And we were trying to move forward, you know, step by step. And I loved the people there, loved the people there. And uh, it was good for a season. And the Shepherd's Fellowship was a dream. It was a dream of something that we, God might let us do someday. Um, in all honesty, and I was just talking to Cheryl about this back back in my office, uh, church camp was my church. All through that time, I continued to direct church camps, pastor uh, church camps, council church camps. That that was my, that was my church. But without that, it was it was pretty spotty. Um, one church I was at uh, is when I was a youth leader, and my first wife left me in an affair. Uh, we had only been there for about three or four months. Um, really needed the church then, uh, and got killed with thorns, not from the people, but from the pastor. There's no way in heaven or hell I'm having a youth minister that's divorced in my church. Um, so I, I understand the challenge of it. But I think I'm just stubborn because this does promise more. And one day God put on a heart that you remember that church we've been talking about for the last five years? Yes, Lord, it's time. And that's when I literally almost peed my pants. As I was terrified. 
Because dreams are dreams. They're fun and they're cool and everything. But to actually do it, it's a whole different ball game. But what I found is, is if you do look, and I'm not saying the Shepherd's Fellowship is for everybody, but I know the doors are open, and I know why I love this church. I know why I've not left this church and moved on to other things. Because God has me here, and as long as he lets me be here, I want to be here. Because there's something different to it. Does anybody else know what I mean? And that's the raising of hands that I love seeing that what the Holy Spirit's doing. So if anybody's watching this online, because I'm sure all of us are in perfect shape here in the room. Anybody's watching online that has been out of church, it might be time for a conversation or to try. Because it's one thing to watch things online. You'll get the study, you'll hear the music, but you're not getting community. And we're made for so, so much more. So if we go back to the list of the bullet points there, Lisa, thank you. If these are the things that start leading us towards that health and that freedom, what area, what thing, what new choice can you make today that you can carve out, because that, that's your conscious choice decision, to be rooted in a way that you're struggling right now? What can you do starting, starting today to start working on your faith, your prayer and study, sharing with others, being in Christian community, or receiving Jesus Christ as leader and forgiver in your life? Because tomorrow is not supposed to look like today. And too many of us have today's that still look like yesterday. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500. Or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.